Nick Fusco's grandparents, Maria and Gonzalo Torre, bought the hotel in 1989 after a long journey to America across four countries escaping communism. But life changed in an instant. Maria and Gonzalo Torre died when their Surfside home, the Champlain Towers, collapsed a year ago. As a way to honor their memory, last Christmas, Nick made a present to his mother, a special box of cigars. That was a big, a big part of our, our bonding, and, and a lot of the life lessons I've learned from him was over a cigar. She wanted me to do this on a, on, on a, on a bigger scale, I guess, and, and, share, and share the story, share the and share the product with, with, with a bunch of people, and, and that's my objective. Through sheer will and a burning desire to keep his grandparents' memory alive, the Almago Cigar business was born. Hey, everybody, this is Nick Fusco with Almago Cigars, and you're watching the Burn Down Podcast. Please enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Burn Down. Today's guest, we have a special, special guest. He is the youngest cigar maker and owner right now in the industry. He started at 22, just turned 24, literally yesterday, and that man is no other than Nick Fusco from El Mago Cigars. What's going on, brother? What's going on, guys? How's everything going? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. We're smoking cigars, hanging out with a guy down in Miami. Can't beat it. Awesome, bro. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys again for having me on. Well, we thank you for for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's certainly not um, it's certainly not easy owning a a cigar company, and it's certainly not uh, it does take a lot of time and effort. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit here with us on the Burnout Podcast. That's it. That's it, man. So we have a lot of cigars that you sent us here. So we yes. appreciate it. I want to go through every single one of them. We have this cool little box over here. We got like four different kind of blends. So I'm smoking this box pressed. It's a purple label. I think when we first spoke, you called it the Pepe. Is that right? That's right. So I call that one the, the, the Pepe because that's what I referred to my grandfather as. I called him Pepe. And so, you know, I wanted to make a cigar that was directly named after him and, um, that blend was a, was a blend that, you know, typically would fit his profile, what he liked to smoke. And so I thought that it was a perfect tribute. Perfect. Now, I'm smoking this one. I believe this is called the Mystico. Mystico, yep. Or, or Mystical, yeah. So that so that one, I gave it that name because of the of the two-tone, the two-tone nature of it. So, you know, it's, it's Mystical. So, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And um, that... You know, we'll get into it later, but every cigar, every, you know, every touch on the box, on the tubes, the cigar names, everything has to do with my grandparents' life and, and, and their and their memory and their legacy. Yeah. So, and so and now we have so on my end. Yeah. What are you smoking? On my end, I'm going to be smoking the Miami, the Miami Art Deco edition, uh, which we could we could we could touch on on all of these blends in, in a moment. Yes, because this one this one in particular, you know, I want to um, I want to touch on this one. But you also have this Connecticut right here. What did, what did you call this Connecticut? The Triunfante or Triumphant. Triunfante. Right. So we have the Triunfante. We have the Mystic Mystico, and we have the Pepe. But 
There's another one which is actually going to be in our uh, – we're going to be doing a giveaway. Everybody knows we have a giveaway. And that's this beautiful art – the Miami Art Deco four-pack, which I have never seen a shape like this, um, nor have I seen a cigar you know, with these colors. So I want you to talk about uh, – maybe even take it back to how did you get started because there's a whole story behind the label. There's a story behind the colors, behind the names. Um, so bring us into that. How'd you get started into this? How'd you come up with these colors? How'd you come up with this very unique label? Um, give us the backstory here while we enjoy these beautiful cigars. This episode is brought to you by our partner, Segora.com. Segora is an online social networking and e-commerce platform for all your cigar needs. You can connect with fellow cigar smokers, join groups, follow your favorite cigar shows like the Burndown Podcast, and even purchase cigars and accessories. Cigar is your exclusive cigar community for advice, recommendations, and connecting with fellow cigar enthusiasts like all of you who listen and watch the Burndown Podcast. There's even a loyalty program where you earn points for every purchase and gain points for interacting with the community. With four different loyalty levels, you can unlock added benefits, and you can redeem these points for exclusive products and swag. If you want to check out Segura, head over to their website at Segura.com. Give us a follow at Burndown Podcast. Now back to the episode. Absolutely. Um, well, first off, the reason why I, I started this cigar company in general um, was to honor my grandparents' legacy. And, you know, I, I started it after an unfortunate event happened uh, last year in, in June. Um my grandparents, they, they lived in, in a building in, in Surfside, Florida, uh, the building that, that collapsed. And, um, you know, they, they passed away in the collapse. Um, and, you know, it was, it was because of that that I had the idea to make something for my mom uh, for Christmas to, to, you know, commemorate my grandparents and something just like a, like a, heart, like a heartfelt gift. And so... It's what I call a, a glorified arts and crafts project, what I did for her for Christmas. It was a box of 10, um, simple box of 10 with a picture of my grandparents on it. And I gave it to her for Christmas and, you know, she saw it and she, she loved it so much that she, she broke down in tears and started crying. Um, and she was the one who pushed me and motivated me to end up starting the cigar company. So, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really from from that moment on that, you know, that's the reason why I'm here. And... As far as the colors go and, 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 and the designs and everything, everything ha has to do with my grandparents. So on that, on that four-pack box and even shown on the tube, there's a picture of two people, two individuals, and that's an actual picture of my grandparents back when they were in Cuba. And right behind it is a hotel, and that hotel is the James Hotel, which is a hotel here in Miami Beach that my grandparents bought in 1989. And that hotel is the inspiration for my colors. The Miami Art Deco, very vibrant, very lively colors. That was the type of that was the type of person my, my grandfather was. You know, he's the one who who you know, it's funny, my grandmother was the artistic one, amazing at drawing <laughs> and she had beautiful paintings and everything. And, you know, maybe some of that creativeness rubbed off on my on my grandfather. And so he bought this hotel, the James Hotel in nineteen eighty nine. It was like a blank slate. It was like a blank blank canvas, what I call it. It was, you know, kind of boring, just like a just like a, a white building. And he created it into something so beautiful and colorful that it's actually now 
um, it's a crime to change the change the design in any way, shape, or form because it has historic value and it's the only one of its kind here in Miami. What? So, um, so, so how, what is it? Those, what makes it a crime? How go into that a little bit? Did they did they dub it a historical landmark? Um. Yes. So so this so it is illegal to change the colorway to change anything on the building uh, <laughs> mandated by the city because it's it's literally the only building like that in Miami Beach that is that eclectic and and, and that historically art deco and it's it's you know it's 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 just something that you see and you never forget it and so you know it's really I, I did I did I did about eight interviews um, back several months ago in the lobby of the hotel. And it was such an honor to be able to talk about my cigar brand and, and, and do these interviews in the hotel. But it's it's something that when everyone comes in and sees it, it's something that you just don't forget because my you know, what my grandparents created there is something so beautiful and and so I had to I had to honor it by creating these uh, these these colors on, on the boxes and on the design. And so um, you know it's very it's very Miami-esque. It's really, mm-hmm. I mean, even yeah. like this even like this, is this floral pattern type of thing? Is this on the building too as well? Like on the trim of this box or is that just for the box design? The, the pattern itself was something that we, that we transferred from the, the actual cigar label. Um, it's, it's here on the bottom and we transferred it to the box because I wanted, you know, I wanted, I wanted it to flow. I wanted the design and everything to flow. Um, but as far as those, those art, so, you know that like neon color and that pinkish color, um, that is like directly there on the hotel, on the outside of the building, inside the lobby, uh, and so I, I had you know that was that was the first thing that came into my mind to to honor. Yeah. Now I want. Uh, there's actually there's there's a couple things about this um, this four pack that I find very unique that I've never seen anywhere else. Well. The first thing is the is the shape. I've never seen something that's a triangular shape like this. Usually, you see just a regular four pack box, uh, uh, a you know rectangular box. This is triangular, which is very unique. Uh, another thing I noticed, which is on the tube as well, is you have this saying that says "handmade to handheld," nice. and that is a beautiful way to say it because we do talk about the number of hands and the number of people that it takes to make just one cigar. The amount of hands and the amount of effort and time that it goes through from the moment that the leaves are grown and harvested to when they're inside a tube and in your hands to smoke it. So that's a beautiful way to put it, handmade to handheld. I love it. I love it. I'm going to I'm gonna definitely steal that saying from you. I'll give you kudos for it for sure. But handmade to handheld, I'm going to sound ultra sophisticated and fancy when I start saying that to people. And there was another thing that you saw on the bottom of the box. Yeah, all these passports. Yeah. Um, that I want you to bring up. Yeah, so all these, so on the bottom of this box, there's all these passports here. Is that someone? Is that all your passports from your family? Yes. So those are those, all those passports are direct passports from my family and and represent and show my grandparents' journey to freedom. And so you know the journey started off in Cuba, which is where my my grandfather was born. He then um, he was he was the writer for his. Uh, newspaper in high school and so he was you know he had to he had to update the people on 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 events and stuff happening in cuba so he was aware when certain generals would be out of the country 
So he knew this one general was out of the country. And what he did was he forged a phone call pretending to be the general, <laughs> recommending himself as a great student who deserves to go study abroad in Czechoslovakia. And so he went there and he met my grandmother, who was originally from Czechoslovakia, and he ended up marrying her in a dorm room in 1965. And my uncle was born there. The communism was even worse there than in Cuba, that they decided to come back. They came back. My aunt was born in Cuba. And they had to make up some story to leave. And the story was that my grandmother was severely depressed because they had a sick relative in Canada, which was not true. But my grandmother had to go to the doctor, you know, get on some of these medications. Hopefully she was able to throw some in the garbage before taking them. Throw them over the shoulder. Yeah. It's like taking yeah, a, a shot. Little, Boop. little over the shoulder action. <laughs> but she had to do that. She had to do that for consecutively for six months until finally they were approved to leave the country and go visit their sick relative in Canada. And, you know, that's where they got off and they, and they never looked back. And, and wow. uh, my mom, ended, my mom ended up being born there. But when they got off the plane at the airport in Canada, you know, I remember one of our last lunches together because we would go to lunch every Tuesday and Thursday of the week. And then we would have a barbecue together every Saturday. Um, one of our last lunches, they mentioned that when they got off the plane in Canada, one of the security guards saw, saw them and, and, and saw that they looked so disheveled that he gave them, you know, he gave them money right when they, right when they got off. And it, it was something that was just so overwhelming to them at the time that when they were reminiscing on it, they, you know, they broke down in tears and started crying and, and, you know, I'm sure I'm sure some of the tears were was, you know, that they were overjoyed that they were able to overcome such a such an extreme challenge. Um, but from Canada, after my mom was born, they ended up being able to use their college degrees. Uh, my grandfather was a metallurgic engineer. My grandmother was a geologist. And they were able to use those degrees to get, um, you know, good jobs in Venezuela. And so that's where things started going well for them. Um, my grandfather always believed in America and, you know, that in his mind, that was always going to be his, his like final destination, like the place he wanted to get to. So he would send a lot of money, uh, from his, from his, uh, you know, his payment in Venezuela to banks in America. And so over the years, um, they're able to, you know, save up some money for when they finally planned to move here. So they came here finally in 81, they moved uh, I believe it was pre-construction into the Champlain Towers building that they lived in for their whole time here in Miami in 84. And then in 89, he bought the James Hotel, which is shown on the box and on the tube. Um, and that's, you know, a, uh, where a lot of my inspiration comes from. And then, you know, the rest is history. They live the rest of their lives here and, you know, they get our whole families here. So, wow. um, you know, they they succeeded against all odds. That's amazing. I mean, it's it's really cool to have a brand that's surrounded by your family. Because anytime, some like right now, we're in New York enjoying your cigars, and your family is essentially with us. And I'm sure people smoke cigars all over the world, all over the country. And that's a really cool way of building your brand and way people can connect. Because there's a lot of brands out there that just create brands and businesses just to create them, to make money and whatnot. And that's okay. But when you actually have a brand that actually means something, that's actually something close to the person who created it heart i mean everyone who owns a cigar is holding your grandparents i mean that's pretty cool yeah and i think i think you might have touched on it uh but that 
everybody who buys this box or if they, you know if they buy El Mago cigars, they're going to have a picture of your grandparents in their home. If they like the cigar and they continue to buy it, your yeah. grandparents' face will never be forgotten. It'll always be in somebody's home somewhere, um, either in Florida or you know I don't know how many other lounges you have outside of the Miami region, but everybody is going to have and know the face of your of your grandparents, which is very nice. It's kind of like music, you know, like when people create good music and good songs, they say, you know, songs never die. You know, we still listen to people from the 40s and 50s, like Frank Sinatra oh, of course. and stuff. Oh, it's, and just it, like, yeah. it's just like Sandlot. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. That's it. And it's essentially uh, the same thing. I mean, as long as you're creating this brand and working on the brand every single day and pushing it, and wanting to have this long term, it's essentially your your grandparents will never die. They're always being here in spirit, and uh, it's a really cool little twist on uh, on your on your brand and on your logo. Thank you, and and you know that's exactly what you guys are saying is what is what motivated me so much to to really you know pull through with this and 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 turn this into what it's become. Um, you know, the just the thought of 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 people and and. That's another reason why, uh, you know, with the design, I have a QR code on the box and the QR code takes people to the Our Story section of my website, which is still something that I wrote uh, commemorating my grandparents and like reflecting on their lives and, 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 and the incredible story of their lives. And so, you know, people being able to have that in their hands, have a picture of my grandparents, you know, that they, you know, take home with them if they keep the box or the tube. It's something that just really like it means a lot to me, and it's the reason why for the past, you know, year and a half, I've had, you know, 13, 15 hour days where where I'm 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 grinding and and, and, and making this happen because it just means that much to me. And when when you have something that is so special to you and so important, and you know, we we hear it all the time. If you enjoy what you do, it's not work. You know, this I feel like this goes even further than that. That it's you know, I, I, I might have mentioned earlier that this was, in a way, my therapy to to kind of, you know, uh, heal and, and, and come back from what happened. You know, being able to work on something that's so um, just commemorative of my grandparents, it made me think about them all the time. And knowing that they would, you know, be proud of this, it was just something that I would, you know, I would do it forever. Like, who needs who needs sleep? Who needs anything? I'm just I'm just working on this, and so you know what you guys are saying is, is very true. It's a beautiful thing, man. So so how did you uh, how did you get into uh, cigars? Because you know, yes, there, you know, you have a cigar brand. You made it in in uh, to remember your grandparents, but why did you? Why is it a cigar? Right? Obviously, you got into cigars, so you made a cigar brand about your grandparents. But you could have gotten into music, or you could have gotten into bourbon. You could have gotten into something else and made a different brand. But how did you get into cigars, which ultimately led you to make a brand about your grandparents? So, the reason for getting into cigars is because I was introduced to cigars by my grandfather um, when I was 16 years old. He went into this special cabinet that he had in his in his uh, condo. Um, he opened it and he pulled out the first box of cigars that I ever had. He gave it to me for my birthday. He smoked my first cigar ever on his balcony. And so he's the one who introduced me to cigars. What cigar was um, it? It was it was a Monte Cristo. Nice. Was it a, was it a, um, it was a Cuban? A Monte Cristo Cuban or was it a, a non Cuban? So he he had some family that would go back and forth. Um, it was it was his sister who would go back and forth and she 
she would always bring him bring him back boxes and so, so how, was, how, how did that first back. cigar treat you you know i i really enjoyed it and i was surprised i handled it very well um you know i i wasn't I wasn't a I wasn't a smoker in any way. I had never smoked anything, so I didn't I didn't have the the the, the feel or the you know the the habit to inhale anything. So I didn't inhale, so I was good. I was <laughs> in the clear with that. And I really I really loved the smell right off the bat and I loved the the flavor of the cigar and and the whole process, you know, that it took a while. And really probably what I loved the most about it was the fact that I got to spend a lot of time with my grandfather while I while I smoked the cigar and he always had great stories to tell me and he he loved to he loved to tell me like sarcastic jokes so i always loved being around him um and so it was always a good time when we smoked a cigar together and i think that's what really aside from just loving cigars themselves it was the fact that i was enjoying them with him and wow. i think that's what really fueled my passion for cigars what's well, like they say is it's not about the cigar itself it's about the memories you have while you're smoking it Right, and that's Absolutely. one of the beautiful things about cigars. Yes, it's you know, it's it's tobacco, its role, but it's it's more than just the act of smoking tobacco. Absolutely, hundred percent. Now, obviously, your family is very close. You guys eat dinner two, three times a week. Obviously, well, yeah, you say you did Tuesday and Thursday lunches with a barbecue on Saturday, right? man. So, my, you know, my question is to you is, you know, that's obviously a catastrophic, a traumatic loss to your family like you know not many people go through what you went through you know how did you get to the next step like how did you go because obviously you know it could, it's essentially your second father your grandfather right it's that's the relationship that i that i get from what you're telling me so how how did you like get past that how did you like think like i want to make a cigar you know how did you do your healing process i should ask well it was we're gonna get a little personal yeah no it was <laughs> It was a, it was, it's a long process, and 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 I mean the process is, is still ongoing because it's very, it's just, it's just very hard to not be able to physically be with someone that you just really loved and and people that just really supported you and meant everything to you. Um, but knowing knowing my grandparents, I know that they would not want us to be sad. Um, you know, I know that. I know that they would they would want us to live our lives to the fullest and, and, and enjoy our lives because that's how they were. You know, they they overcame such difficulties in their lives that if they kind of uh, were, were stuck on the past and stuck on their difficulties, I don't you know, I don't know if they would have been able to get anywhere because it was such a challenge and it was just so difficult. Um, so I think I think part of that is uh what has allowed me to move forward and then aside from that it's the fact that my family is so close and we're blessed to be you know living living close to each other like within 15 minutes of each other and all my friends as well we're all close so i think that that kind of that support team uh really helped really helped get me out of the out of the call it the 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 funk that i was in you know I, i was able to i was able to move on and then Aside from that, like I said, this, you know, creating this company was my was a form of therapy for me. So focusing my time and my efforts on that and and knowing that I'm doing something that my grandparents would be proud of, it 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 helped uh it helped lift my mood and I and I 
I didn't I didn't think it would, but it really I think it helped lift the mood of, of my whole family and, and my friends as well, because they were also proud of what I was doing. And I think, you know, maybe they saw that the amount of time and effort I spent, you know, putting into it, putting into this company, I think maybe, you know, it was it gave them something to smile about as well. So, um, you know, all those all those factors really helped uh, help me push forward. And then, you know, the, the biggest thing is. I know, you know, in my heart that my grandparents are in a better place than where we are here on earth. And, you know, a lot of people say that the, the, the toughest challenge in life is being alive, you know, because, you know, death makes all worries and all bad situations go away. So I know that they're in a good place, that they're watching over us. And, and that also does give me uh, some peace of mind. Yeah, it takes it takes a special person to go through something like that. And then also, in light of that, start a brand, start a business from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why I'm sure your your family and your friends and your parents are so happy for you and happy for everyone else because it's you know they're taking somebody out of their family and saying, you know what, I'm not going to let this cloud hang over our mm-hmm. family. I'm going to turn I'm going to turn this into some sunshine. And it's will. and it's like like you said, where you're taking all of your um, you're devoting all of your time and energy and focus into something to commemorate and to honor their lives, which doesn't leave you time to think or to dwell on the tragedies or the bad thing that happened. You're, you're focusing on this one thing to turn that negative into a positive. Um, and, I, and, you know, like you said, with some of these cigars, you had mentioned that you had named them after some, some qualities or some things that your grandparents were like. Like you said, you know, you called your grandpa, your grandfather Pepe. Um, you had this one, which is mystical. You said your grandfather, you know, your grandfather was kind of the reason for the cigar was it's kind of mystical. Your grandfather was kind of like that. Um, you called one uh, the Triumfante, which is your your grandparents were triumphant in their in their travels. But what were some of the other, um, I guess, characteristics um, from? your grandfather and your grandmother that you think pet they passed down to you, which makes you the way that you are in order to overcome some of the, the challenges that you've had to overcome in the cigar industry or just building a brand or being an entrepreneur in general. So I think the biggest thing that I learned from my grandparents was their outlook on life. And that's a very general term, but whenever we would go out to lunch, whenever, Honestly, whenever I would see them, they were always the type of people. And my grandmother, you know, being Czechoslovakian, she was more like a straight arrow, a little more serious. But they were always very, very, very positive. You know, nothing nothing could ever drag them down or make them feel bad. And I think a lot of it was because of all the crap they went through in their lives that they were able to overcome, that nothing could drag them down. And, you know, my grandfather specifically... He was the type of guy that he would do anything in his power, whether you were a stranger, a close friend, close family member, whatever. He would do anything in his power to see you laugh uh, or to make you laugh or see you smile. And so when he ran his hotel, he smoked a cigar at the front desk every day. Yeah. And anyone that would walk by, it was, oh, yeah. Anyone, anyone that would walk by, it was his goal to make them laugh. He would say some sarcastic comments just some joke he would and and he loved he loved to get people's reactions because he loved life and you know my grandmother was the same way just in a more reserved not sarcastic you know context um she was 
she was always she was always a like a reassurance for me. I would say, you know, if, if we were if me or any of my cousins or my mom, my aunt or uncle was ever worried about anything, she would tell you, look, there's nothing to worry about. You know, everything is going to be okay. And she just had a way of making you feel like at peace with the world mm-hmm. almost. And it's just that that power that they had that they carried that was just so amazing to me. And I think that it rubbed off on me. And, you know, this this horrible, tragic um, event, you know, my my ability and my family's ability to overcome it in some way, shape or form stemmed from them directly. You know, you had from, s- from the way they carry themselves in life. And you had said something before where you had said that one of the most difficult or the most difficult thing um, in life is life itself. And it sounds like your grandfather loved life itself and just making people smile. So I can't imagine somebody. It sounds like he just loved. And you said that, you know, he was, had a very difficult life and challenges, but he loved it. And he loved the challenge and he loved life itself. So I can't imagine that. Like you said, the easiest part is, you know, after after death, every, all your worries go away and you become, you know, if you if you are a good person, which um, it sounds like they were, right? You go to an afterlife, you go to a better place. So I can't imagine. He's, he's having the time of his fucking life. If he loved life so much, as challenging as it is, he's having, he's probably smoking 20 cigars a day up there, making everybody <laughs> oh, no. laugh like you can't no even doubt. imagine. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. He's probably double fisting like this. Bang, bang, I mean, bang, no, bang. Only in Florida can you be a hotel owner and smoke a cigar. <laughs> love it. In I the lobby, it. you know? Love and, it. You know, that's why I got to go down there. I wanna, <laughs> and, that, and that's like that's like saying, like, I don't give a, This is who I am. I smoke cigars. And if you don't like it, get out of my hotel because I'm smoking every day right here in the front desk. Sleep somewhere else. <laughs> go sleep somewhere else. Oh, and, and you know what? He, even, even people in Florida... In my, you know, in Miami, when I mentioned that he smoked a cigar every day in his lobby, everyone like double takes and they turn their head and they go, "Really?" And they're like, "That's awesome! I've never heard of a of a of a hotel where you could smoke a cigar in the lobby." And I go, "Yeah, I mean, you never, a, you never been, you never been to my grandfather's that hotel. Was his, that was his routine." Yeah. Well, he probably he probably yeah, had so. you know he probably didn't want to he probably smoked a cigar and if somebody ever said anything he went and got your Czechoslovakian grandmother to come over and be like hey you don't like it get the fuck out okay. <laughs> straight, straight. Listen, listen, I know exactly what you're talking about, okay? Because my grandmother was born in Czechoslovakia. It's now it's now all Germany after the war because my whole family's German. But I know what you're talking about the stubbornness and the straightforward direct. That's just oh. that's how they are. Oh, yeah. So I can see oh, yeah. him smoking, making Straight people laugh. The and the one person comes in and she walks up. She's like, "If you don't like it, get the fuck out." <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was it was either that or she was gonna or she was gonna reprimand my grandfather for saying something sarcastic. Yeah. Which <laughs> which, she, which she loved his sarcasm, but she would always you know she would always give him a little heat for it. But that was. That was the way their relationship worked, and it was it was awesome. So like, it sounds like when the, I stay at the James Hotel, I can walk in smoking a cigar, and I shouldn't have a problem with it. No, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. You get the you get the cigar pass. You get now, the cigar. Can you? I mean, can can you can you do that? Is that even? I imagine if you can have a if you can have a cigar lounge where you have a license for people to smoke cigars. Can you do that in a hotel? Yeah, I, I, that's Florida, man. 
you know, it's the land of the free down I there. feel like there's certain areas that you could, like, like if you go to, um, like, Dominican Republic, you go to Cuba, you go to Nicaragua, I feel like there's villages and there's towns what they don't, you can do what the fuck you want. You want to go in a restaurant and smoke, so they're not going to say yeah, anything. Yeah, I right. feel like there might be towns in Miami and Florida that are still where old timey uh, like that. Where is the St. James located exactly in Miami? Uh, the address is 1680 James Ave, and so it's it's so it's it's James Avenue, and it's two blocks. It's two blocks from the beach, um, so it's very close to the beach. Um, it's. For you know, for the people familiar with Miami, it's a one minute, one and a half minute walk to Lincoln Road, uh, which is uh, that's a pretty big uh, tourist area. Um, so he's he's in a he's in a good spot. And and you know the thing is, he got there in 1989 when Miami was 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 not Miami, not the Miami that you think of. You know, not the Miami that comes to your head right now. There was it was very empty. And you know, my my mom was telling me the other day. Back when he opened the hotel, he would go he would go up and down up and down the beach, walking, going to people saying, Hey, need a place to stay? I got a hotel. Why don't you come on over? Wow. And he was, you know, he was being a he was being a, a businessman, a be, salesman. Being because, an entrepreneur. That's what hey, you gotta I mean, do. Eighty nine dollars a night at the James Hotel. Eighty nine dollars a night at the James Hotel. I'm in, baby. Let's sign go. me up for the smoking section. Let's go. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing. Nothing. Prices in Miami have gotten ridiculous, like beyond ridiculous. And oh, we're in New York, man. We 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 know. We know. To... Oh, oh yeah. You guys know. I don't need to tell you guys. I don't need to tell you guys. <laughs> we know. My, my my grandfather always tried to 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 keep the to keep the price of the hotel um, attractive, and you know he he had like a he had like a he had a conscience in a way that he didn't want to he didn't want to feel like he was ripping people off or just, you know, charging and making as much profit as he could. And so my family has kept it that way in honor of him. And really, I don't think I don't think you could find something a deal like that in Miami at all because it's it's crazy. And who runs the hotel now? Um it's well, it's it's run by my my aunt, my uncle and my mom. Um my my mom, she does she works another job so the the main uh, you know, the main uh, managers, we'll call it, are is my my uncle and my aunt, and they've been working at the hotel for for quite a while, side by side with my grandfather. Do they sell Amago cigars at the hotel? Yes, that's cool. I feel like that's got it's the first place you went to. Is that the first pl- shop, the first place that you had them sell, sell, selling at? No, it's funny. It was not. It was not. It was the first place that I ever smoked an El Mago cigar in, but sales-wise, it wasn't. The first place that I went to was uh, Cigar Cigar in North Miami Beach, and the reason for that is because the owner, his name is Miguel Pinto. He's the he's the guy who I he's my mentor really. He's my mentor for my for my cigar company, and he owns a factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Uh, you know where we own it together um and it's funny he actually went to high school with my mom and so he's the first he's the first location i I went into but the second one was in sarasota in bennington tobacconist in sarasota because i was invited to go on a little on a little trip with my friends like a weekend trip and i just decided to bring some cigars up there and 
he ended up buying like 20, 24 boxes from me. Wow. And and he's doing great over there. 20, 24? Yeah. 24 boxes? Nice. Right right off right off the bat. And how many how many you are in a box? You really did. 10. 10 in wow. a box. He bought 240 cigars right off the bat. Boom. Bang. Now how many now are you exclusively in Florida or Miami or are you in other states or the regions is other regions? Regions. 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 Where are you? Lo- um, where is El Mago so, predominantly located? El Mago is predominantly located in Miami, um, just because it's where I live. Yeah. Um, and you know, we started we started selling about two and a half months ago, but uh, we've made a lot of ground in the last two and a half months. We're in we're in around 50, 50 different shops, four different states. Wow. Um, so you know, they, it sells here in Miami. Um, like I said, in, in Sarasota. Uh, several other places in the Florida area and Kansas as well in Indiana and uh, in Texas. Wow. That's a nice little footprint you got there. I love being it. Being so, you know, young in the game. Well, if you nice. want to, if you want to get them up in, uh, in New York, we're going to have to uh, exchange some contacts. We'll, uh, we'll get you some contacts up in here in New York and you get us uh, some contacts down in Florida and we'll, uh, we'll exchange. I would, I would love to. I would love to. Thank you. Let's do it. We'll try to bring the blueprint down to Florida, down south, and you bring the uh, El Mago up north. Yeah, we'll do a little one of these. We'll do, we'll yeah, switch you know, I I give you a couple. You give me a couple. This is this this is a little. No, I've been I've been meaning I've been meaning to tell you guys. I re- I really want to try the blueprint. It looks amazing. We gotta send you some. Man. We'll send you some. We, we gotta, gotta send yeah. you some for sure. We just had a conversation with our manufacturer. We gotta make more because we we're basically sold out already. But we'll do a little. Uh, wow. we, okay, I saw something real quick. I saw. Did that go on your lap? Did that ash fall on the lap? <laughs> Maybe. I I saw it drop. I saw you look down. You know what we call that, right? You know what we call what that, we, right? What do we call it? That's a hold on. I'll t- I'll show you. I'll tell you what we call that. Hold on, hold on. Is it on the back, Eric? Of course it's on Is the it back. There? Is it call there, that. Baby? We call that. Let me see here. We call that a hashtag rookie move, baby. Let's go. Let's go. You know what? I guess that's appropriate since uh, since you know I'm technically new in the game. We gotta we gotta add I'll, you to the I'll board. Wear, I'll, I'll wear I'll wear that one. Hey man, the whole thing about a rookie move, yeah, we have our rookie move board. We keep we gotta count. add you to the counter. So I don't know if you know the history behind rookie move, but our very first episode, we're dressed to the nines, we're in suits. Justin's wearing this nice three piece suit, drops an ash all over himself, and I said, dude, come on. You're, you're looking like a gentleman. That's a rookie move, bro. How do you do that? Yeah, you're like, oh, you just dropped ash. He was in the middle of two. He's like, oh, and blah blah blah, and you were doing something. Oh, and you just dropped ash all over your nice jacket. I was like, oh fuck. Sarah goes, dude, that's that's rookie that, move, bro. Come on, that's a rookie move, bro. That's a rookie move. So then it just took off from there. A lot of people were picking up on it, and it's just a symbol of that you smoke cigars. Because if you don't rookie move, then do you even smoke cigars? Because everyone drops ash on themselves. Everyone drops <laughs> ash. Yeah. And it was you it know, was it's such a negative. It, it, before, I guess before we, I, I guess we can claim that we turned it into a positive because before that you drop ash, and be like, oh, you dropped ash in yourself. Oh, that sucks. Blah blah blah. We took it and flipped it on its head, and now if you drop ash, we're like, that's a rookie move. Hell yeah! We like applaud you for it, that's and there's right. hashtag rookie, and it's just it, it's um something that had a negative stigma to it, and we flipped it on its head, and now we applaud you for. A rookie move. Like we have a whole rookie move. People send us shit on on uh, Instagram. They they send us oh I just rookie moved hashtag rookie move burndown podcast. I'm like there it is. I gotta say awesome. man the uh, I thought, go ahead. I feel like I feel like I feel like that's such a New York like a New York saying 
Like, ah, it's a rookie move. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know where it derived from? You know, we're in high school and college, and, you know, if someone dropped a beer, dropped a glass, or spilt or something, everyone would start chanting, asshole, asshole. <laughs> so I didn't want to call Justin an asshole, so I said, bro, come on, man. That's a, that's a rookie move, dude. What are you doing? Meanwhile, you just called me an asshole about 30 minutes ago while I'm trying to film content. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, it, that was it. Exactly. You spilled beer. You spilled this. You knocked the table over. It was a rookie move. Like, hey, who brought the rookie over here? Who brought the dick? And then we flipped it on its head. That's what it is. And that's it. But, Eric, you were starting to say, and I wanted to uh, oh, yeah, agree the, with you with the cigar, man. The, this uh, is the Pepe. I, I will say at at first, really and good. you know, I, I give 100% honest feedback. I'm not a sugar coater. I'm not a bullshitter. I will say at first, it was a, a little bit of a tighter draw, which could be from packing a lot of tobacco in there, making it worthwhile. However, however, I thought... On the draw, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of tight. I thought I wasn't going to get any smoke output. But after, like, I usually, you know, do two or three puffs on every on every puff, and I got a ton of smoke. I'm like, oh, okay. Opens and then I up. started smoking more. I started opening up more. I started opening up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because right off the bat, I'm like, mm, it's a little tight. Flavors are good. That sweetness is is there. It is it is there. It almost it almost feels like it's a sweetened cigar, but it's not. But then after it, after it opened up, after a few puffs, and you kind of got 15 minutes in, it really loosened mm. up. And I'm like, ooh, this is nice, man. Very nice. Now, this uh, the, the box press has been I – I didn't have a tight draw at all. It's been loose. The, uh, the smoke has been ample, as I like to say. And the flavors are all there. They're tingling on the tongue right now. It's going tingling very – Tingling on the tongue. going very well with the bourbon. So uh, kudos to the, the Pepe box press for sure. Yeah, I will say that the sweet the sweetness I do. It's funny because this is kind of the opposite of. There's a great pairing uh, that I love. Is if if you smoke a you know medium plus or me, or medium to full bodied cigar, it's got a little bit of a kick, right? Nicaraguan puro, if you will. It's got some pepper to it, some spice. And we actually had on the podcast a couple of times is Grand Marnier, which is mm. an orange liqueur, and it's a sweet liqueur. It's a, it's an it's a I guess you would call it an aperitif. It's more of like an after dinner, after dinner digestive. What right? the hell is an aperitif? It's a digestive. It's like a a, a sambuca, right? You ever have oh, one of those after oh, dinner? Okay. But it's an after dinner drink. You only have one, maybe two. You don't get drunk on them because it's too much sugar. But the pairing is great because you have the spice, the kick from a cigar, and then you have the sweetness to balance it out. This is kind of the opposite because I have this a little bit of the sweetness from that. Uh, I think you called that the uh, Cubano Piloto. Is what you said Piloto it was? Cubano. Piloto Cubano, opposite. Um, the sweetness from there with the kick from the bourbon is is nice. Mm. It's a ni- It's the opposite of that other nice one. little treat there. Yeah, huh? it's very very enjoyable. What? So let me let me ask you guys what what's your I'm I'm flipping the script here. What's your favorite What's your favorite pairing as far as Oh, easy. What is your preferred beverage with a cigar? Coffee. El Café. Hands down. Cafe, right, well, cafe guess, con I leche. We're, I guess we're three for three. Well, I, I shouldn't my, say... I sh- that's my favorite. I shouldn't say best. cafe con leche because I don't usually have milk. I have half and half, but I don't know what the Spanish term for half and half is. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Half and half. I mean, they call it crema. Crema. Whatever. There we go. Yeah, half. cafe con crema. Yeah. Yeah. Cafe that's, con that's, crema. That is... Well, you know, we, we talk about it is we did an episode on it where we say that what grows together goes together. And the tobacco, if you look at the, the globe, the tobacco belt, 
which is where most of the tobacco is grown. I mean, you do have some Connecticut and Pennsylvania leaves, but where most of the tobacco in the world is grown is the same belt as where most of the ca- the coffee beans are grown. So they say what so, grows together goes together. To, to touch on that, I don't know if you guys ever saw on my Instagram, I drink some what a lot of people call funky coffee concoctions. Okay. okay. I really love my, I I really love my coffee. I'm very passionate about my coffee, but I was actually able to get some cacao from the farm in Esteli, Nicaragua, that grows you know the 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 same the same cigars that you're smoking right now, and I so I put it in my coffee. So some this is what I do. I don't I don't always do this every morning, but I get the coffee, I get the cacao, I get honey. I put honey because I don't I don't use uh, I don't use sugar or like sweet or like uh, no you, you use know, natural or anything like that natural stuff honey I use honey I use honey butter and then I, I mix it all together and it's the best it's the best butter and then I have and, and then butter. I have it's so it's so good well, I would I, highly I'm gonna try that I can see it. I can see like because I can see the you know you have the the, the coffee you have the cacao so you're kind of making a little bit of a mocha thing in there but then you have the um uh the honey to kind of sweeten it up and I, I like that you don't use you know cane sugar you use natural sugar right honey i love honey i i do honey with yogurt sometimes i just do a spoonful of honey if i want a little sugar kick and it's all natural but the butter in there has got to be cr- it's got to be that. so rich i gotta try that so oh that's yeah. it almost, what do you it call almost, that almost, what do i call it damn Come on, put the a El point. Mago Mocha. El the Mago El Mago Mocha. I like that. Bam, you heard it here first. The El Mago <laughs> Coffee, Cacao, Honey, and well, now Butter. You, now you know what you got to do. Now, butter. once once you got the cigars all established and you're rocking and rolling, then you got to come out with a little coffee blend called El Mago Cafe. And then now you can start Ooh. pushing the coffee Ooh. with the cigar blend and saying, "Hey, if you drink this and smoke this, mm, oh. come on." Now you gotta hey. send, you gotta send us, you gotta send us, <laughs> you gotta send us the, the recipe, okay? Like how? Okay, I, I, how you have the coffee? How much cacao? Do you just use like powder or, or what? You know, you gotta give us the the, no. the breakdown. Okay, so so the cacao that I use is. It's actually cacao infused with honey, so you get the you get the best of both worlds, all in one. And it's like, it's not a powder. It's like I mean, it's like honey. It's the consistency of honey. I'm gonna Google it's just it. Cacao and honey. I'm I'm it's gurgling. Really, it. it's 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 no joke. All right. Very good. Cacao. But, but my, yeah, I was getting I was getting I was getting so much so much heat for that from my friends. They're like, dude, you're crazy. You're weird. What the hell are you doing? I'm gay. Is this is this it right here? Hold on, hold on. I found I found something here. Is this it? This is cacao superfood honey from beekeepers. Yeah, that'll work. That's not the one that I that I use specifically, but that'll work. What's the one that you fit? What's the one that you got? Was it uh, a brand name? The one that no, the one the one that I get is um, it's it's like a it's a there's like a section or. That where I go, there's like a section that's mainly like the lo- like local honey that, that oh, okay. comes from from local places in Florida. So I don't think, yeah. That's actually that's actually yeah, but, um, this is a side a side fun fact for viewers and listeners. Here we is go. That, a little side fun fact, but it's great that you get the local honey. 
uh, because an old, uh, I guess, wife, not wives' tale, an old uh, remedy, an old that you can use for allergies. I'm a, I, I have allergies when the spring springtime comes. I have allergies, but they say one of the things you can do is if you eat the local honey in your that's made by the bees in your region in your area. It helps with your allergies because the bees pollinate mm. from all of the flowers in your region. So you kind of get a little bit of those. All right, Bill Nye, the science guy. It, chill, a little bit of the, fl- the local flowers <laughs> in the honey, and it helps you build up your immune system to the allergies. But they say it has to be from your region because if you get honey from a place you don't live, you're just building up an immune system for allergies that are not in your wow. area. So that's like a little. So you drink this El Mago Mocha, and it helps with your allergies. All right, so let's make a deal here. I'll do the I'll do the uh, the coffee beans, and you guys do the honey. Since you're, since you're the honey expert, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just that's that's what I heard. It seems to be working for me, so I, I can only speak from my experience. So I like that. I so, like the little burn down Omago coffee blend. I love it, baby. I like that collab over it. there. So you just turned 24. So was your birthday what October 11th? You said. Or the 10th? October 11th. Yep. Well, well happy October birthday. 11th. We didn't even say happy, yes, birthday, happy birthday. Cheers to you on that thank one. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I got it. We got to turn. Cheers. We got to turn the. Uh, we got to turn the. Salud, brother. The burn chin out. As as a shirt says, cheers, chin chin, salud. Yep. So okay, nice. I got I got to ask you this. This is actually a good good segue because so Eric brings up the fact that you're 24. Okay. So, what were some? So we know that cigars is a. Um, it's an older. Uh, demographic. Okay, it's an older industry, an antiquated, an antiquated industry. Um, I actually, I don't really like calling it antiquated because it's not like it's antiquated. Makes it seem like it's kind of dying out and old. It's just the old, older people that are in the industry. A lot of older people, but it's not like a dying industry because it's booming. However, we're considered young in the cigar world, and we're in our 30s, okay? I'm 32, he's 30, Chill, 31. Bro, we'll start aging us and shit, okay? we're, considered, we're considered young in this, in the demographic for the cigar industry. You're 24, so you're considered very young in the cigar world. So what are some of the challenges that you find being a younger guy having your own cigar brand in this industry? So I can tell you that the challenges, um, you know, first of all, the support has from from not just my family and friends, but from the community in Miami and the people in the cigar industry that I've gotten to know and speak to. It's been overwhelming and it's really been fantastic. And it's what pushed me forward. But getting into the sales aspect and, you know, going into going to shops because I'm on the ground, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing sales, you know, I'm, I'm out there every day. A lot of times when I go into shops and I've heard this from everybody, like everybody in the cigar industry in Miami saying that Miami is the hardest cigar market there is in the U S because the big companies that have been around for a long time have their footprint. So, so thick in the Miami soil that a lot of people don't want to look at anything else. And so that's that's one challenge for any for any cigar maker in Miami. But being young, um, can I can I can I give you a suggestion on that obstacle? Because sure, I used to use this when I was a younger guy in sales, too. You know, I, I was I did all different kinds of sales jobs. Are you so are you are you the older gent giving the younger guy a piece hey, of advice? I'm, here? I'm this guy now. 
<laughs> let me tell you about a little bit. Let me tell you life. something about how I did it. Let me tell you about back in my day, okay? <laughs> but something that always stuck with me and someone and someone else, like I'm telling you, told me. Someone eight years older yeah. told you. Yeah. <laughs> but when they see a young guy in a you know, selling cigars to someone who's fifty or sixty and they're like, Now, what do you know about cigars? My always thing was, you heard a rookie of the year, right? NFL, MLB, NBA. There's always a rookie of the year. You're looking at him right here, baby. Bang. Oh, nice. Come on. Nice. Bang. Put do your I dick on the table. Let's go. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's, that's, uh, and that's I use it always to my advantage. Like, what do you know? It's like, listen, I understand I'm young. I got, you know, clean-shaved face. I don't got any wrinkles. But, you know, there's always a rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And here he is right now in your office or wherever you are. Well, yeah. I remember uh, like one of I like that, that baby. I love that. I love so, that. So you you guys can use handmade to handheld, and I'm going to use that, and I'll let Bang. you know how it goes. Shake Bang. on it, baby. Let's Bang. go. We're in there. <laughs> I can say like one of the things that that what we did is where you go into a lounge, right? And they say, you know, oh, what? Why am I? Why do I want to buy your stick? Why do I want to do that? The first lounge that we got into. And it's a lounge that we knew, okay? I knew the owner. I'd smoked there. I spent a ridiculous amount of money in this lounge, okay? And I told him, I said, listen, go, just smoke it. Give him samples. Just smoke it, okay? Let the product speak for itself. If you like it, great. We'll put put you in for an order. If you don't, no hard feelings. I, 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 said, part, I said, I don't care either way. Because your palate's going to be your palate. My palate's my palate. I think that this product is is phenomenal. And I know that you're going to enjoy it too. All I can ask is if you is just smoke it and try it. And then we gave it to him on a Friday. He called us Sunday and, and placed an order. I said, let the product speak yeah, for right. itself. I said, you, I mean, obviously, you know, he knows us, right? And I, I told him, like, we're obviously not going to put, we took us two years. We're not going to put a, our name on something that we don't absolutely love. I said, but are you going to somebody that doesn't know you? I said, you don't know me and I don't know you. But just try it. That's all yeah. I can ask. And if you oh, hate it, then you and, fucking hate it. I don't care. And I think you and that, and that's a really important thing as 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 a cigar company owner. You have to fully back your product and believe in it. And to do that, you have to prepare. Because if you don't fully believe in your product, well, number one, you're not prepared. And number two, you're just not gonna get the sales. You know, everyone, everyone and their mother. Asks for a sample. That's you know that's perfectly fine. You got to be willing and able to know that when you give them the sample, they're gonna love your they're gonna love your cigar because you made a great cigar. That's and, it. You know, at the end of the day, if if that's the barrier to entry is is a sample, and you know just testing out the cigar, oh that's that's perfect. You know because you know your product is good. You know once they try it, they're gonna love it, and you're gonna get it in the store and. That has happened to me many times because, you know, it makes sense. I put myself in, in their shoes. If I was the owner of a shop, hell yeah, I would want a sample before I let someone's, you yeah, know, 100%. cigar in my shop. What if it's a horrible cigar? I have no 100%. idea. So, so, you know, so a lot of times the initial contact is tough. Like, you know, they, they kind of, it, the, the, the respect factor isn't there right away, which is totally fine, and I totally understand it. It's no hard feelings at all. But once I start, um, once I share what I've gone through to get this to this point, yes. once I tell the story, yes. you know, 
everything everything falls in line because I know I'm prepared. And at the end of the day, that's what it takes is just being prepared and success will happen. And, you know, this is this is not an this is absolutely not an instant gratification industry. It's the it's the other way around. Yeah. You know, yes. It's it just like yes. just like it, the, the cigars take time to come to fruition. So do, so do you know, so does the distribution and people recognizing your brand and everything. So, you know, I'm and I'm uh patient in that aspect you know i understand i understand how it is i'll give you i'll give you a a little other sales advice if you haven't already done it which i'm sure you do but eric with the sales advice today man it's all that's all i do he's wearing he's wearing a sales shirt today. that's all i do so i love to give people sales advice you know because i was a young guy who you know needed some advice hey, listen, i'll take advice from anywhere i can get it man i don't, I don't care if you I don't care if you're I love, I love 20 it, years old or 20 it. years and younger. So you could take it in one ear out the other. But and I'm sure you already do this. But if I was in your shoes, I would go for the emotional aspect of it. Everyone has grandparents, right? So obviously your whole brand and whole story is about your grandparents. So if they're kind of like giving you the doubts, I'm not saying they are. But if they're like, what do you know? You're 24 years old. I would just be about, listen, this brand is about my grandparents. I'm sure you loved your grandparents too. Everybody, everybody loves everybody a, a good story, and most of the most people, not everybody, love their grandparents. And I would always, I would try to hit that that emotional mm-hmm. aspect to make that connection. Listen, this is all about my grandparents. This is what happened. This is my inspiration behind it. Yeah, I'm 24, 22 years old, but listen, I'm yeah. here because of these guys right here, and this is my motivation. So you know, this ain't no cheap ball. This ain't no crap. Because I want to do my grandparents justice you that walk, they deserve. You walk in with the box right here. And you say, you see these people? These people are my grandparents. And these, this is the reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. These people right here. And everybody everybody loves a good story. And they love... Some people... The cigar speaks for itself, right? Like the cigar... Great cigar. It, it needs to be a good cigar, okay? 100%. Because the story can be fantastic. But if the cigar sucks, people will... People will they are drawn in by the good story behind the cigar and the good name, the good coloring, the good label. They're drawn in and they stay and rebuy for the cigar itself, right? So the cigar needs to be good. However, the everybody loves the story behind the cigar. How did the cigar become what it became? Everybody loves that story. And one thing I wanted to bring up too is you can go into – it's all about, again, in sales. We're both in sales. It's all about a numbers game. Okay, you have to be, you know, this. you have to be prepared to get the no. You're going to get the nose. You're going to give the cigar to somebody, despite how great the story is, despite how good you think the cigar is. You're going to give it to some cigar owners and they're it's just not going to fit for their palate. They're not going to like it and they're going to turn you down. However, you go into some community, right? What we did here in New York, I went and we went to a couple of cigar lounges and there's the cigar lounge that we we were uh, that we knew the one I told you. I said, "Hey, give it, just try it." He tried on Friday, bought it on Sunday. They had three cigar lounges in our area. We went to all of these other ones. Okay, say, "Hey, try this cigar. Try, 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 try it." They were the first ones to buy it. Okay, they bought it. All the other cigar lounges started to get people that had bought the blueprint in their lounge and went to their the local lounge and said, "Hey, do you have the blueprint?" Mm-hmm. They said, "Oh no, we don't have it." They said, oh, it's such a good cigar. So then they were forced to get the cigar in their lounge because yep. all these people yep. were trying it other places. And like, I don't want to drive 45 minutes to that lounge where I had it one time because a buddy of mine brought me to his lounge. 
Now I can't, I don't want to drive 45 minutes. I'm going to go to the one that's right around the block. They don't have it. And you start asking for it. And that's how we got two or three more lounges. They're like, hey, I need to get your cigar. People have been asking for it. That's it. And it's a story, man. It's all about the story. You just got to get into that one lounge in a new market and just let it plant the seed, let it grow. You know how many people I've told already since, because we spoke, what, last week or two weeks ago? How many people I told about your story, about your Mm -hmm. cigar? I mean, I'm not even a cigar owner, so I'm not the only person that thinks this is a great story, a great brand, and a great idea, especially being a young kid. And I was like, listen, you know who's coming to my podcast? It's this young guy, X, Y, and Z happened. And you have a great product, man. And so you know, just keep it up. On, on top of this, too, I know, so I know Eric's going to agree with me on this because this is this is how Eric uh, chooses or originally when he was getting into cigars. This is how he chose cigars when he walked into a lounge mm-hmm. is he was attracted by colors. Same way. And he'll tell you, this is how he picked his teams in sports when he was younger is by the colors. It's like the colors and the logos, right? I don't know shit about the cigar. I don't know shit about these teams. I don't know shit about that company. The colors, right? Same. The reason why we pick blue is because blue stands out against all of the other. If you go into a cigar lounge, next time you go in, and you probably already did this research, when you go into a cigar lounge and you look at all the different brands, all the labels are, you know, they're black, they could be white, they're darker colors. The wrappers alone are just all shades of brown, okay? So you got to pick something that's going to, when somebody walks in, their eyes are going to go right to the thing that's different. When somebody walks into a lounge and they see this, this is different than everything in that lounge. Everything. Easy. I can't. The only other cigar that I know that has pink is the Rose of Sharon. But I think it's by H. Upman. Could, or no, it could be uh, It could be um, the Rose of Sharon is a Lancero by Southern Draw. And there's another one called uh, the Banker. I think it's uh, uh, the, uh, a Rose Gold Banker. It's not as pink as this, but those are the only out of thousands of cigars so you yeah. walk into a cigar lounge and you see this blue and pink you're instantly going to look at the big you may not pick it pick it up but you're going to look at it and be like what is that because and yeah and, oh and 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 you know the thing that i noticed and it's kind of it's kind of funny that this is how this is how focused i was into um doing something to commemorate my grandparents the fact of the colors standing out in a humidor was almost an afterthought kind of funny because yeah they stand out like like right in your face but that was an afterthought because i just wanted to do something that was the colors of the james hotel and so the first time i ever had i ever saw the cigar box in a humidor i was like wow and you know i'm my own toughest critic but you know even you know when i saw that i had to kind of step back and say you know wow that looks that looks great because in a humidor you have brown on brown on brown. You have you have wood. The humidor itself is made of wood. The boxes, a lot of them are wood. And the cigars are the color of wood. So when you have something, you know, like like my design or like your design that stands out, um, sometimes it's very helpful, especially for people who only, you know, smoke their, their brands mm-hmm. that they know. It's helpful to catch their eye. And I can't tell you how many times the colors have just caught people's eyes and for the people in miami who mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna call them i'm gonna call them heartless the people who are the 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 and i know you're i know you're not supposed to say anything bad about retailers but there's i've had some encounters where i'm like Oof, wow 
where they don't care about the story. They don't care about the cigars. They don't care about anything except for the dollar. They just, they see the box and they're like, okay, that'll sell. And not that I'm not, and a lot of them I turn down, to be honest with you, because I want them to care about the actual cigar and everything. Right, because that's, then they'll push it. it. it then they'll push it. Right, and, and you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't do this for money. I did this, I did this for my grandparents. So, you know, if someone, if I feel like someone's not really, doesn't care at all, I'm not, I'm not very interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you. always, there's always you know? other ones. There's always more people, right? right? And, and right. I, and like I said, I, this, this is what, what people, because I don't know about the colors for like your Connecticut and what the color of the box is, but this is, will bring people in, right? Because you probably have multiple, right? You have the purple over here, but this is what people might see first. And they go, hey, I'm going to try that. And then they try this and they go, oh, shit, okay. Now, next time they go back, they might pick up the Connecticut. And the next time they go back, they might pick up the Pepe. Then the next time they go back, they pick up the Mystico. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what sucks them in. They try it. They go, oh, that's a good stick. And I, then they start going for the more, for more. I definitely, four, five, six years ago, if I, if I was in a cigar lounge and, and saw your logo, I would have definitely picked it up because, you know, the picture – the little logo, the little design around it, that's what always attracted my eyes. I was always attracted yes. to AJ Fernandez because they always had these crazy designs, crazy pictures, and I always smoked a lot of them. And go on the topic of everything that we're talking about, we didn't even talk about the Alakazam, you know, with this with this cigar. This is another interesting Yeah, I'm very logo. interested to smoke that one. Another, you know, big, bold colors. You got the wizard with the Charizard. You know, it's it's different. You don't see this. And you know what's nice about this one, too, is, is so... I so my going off of grand my grandparents my grandfather uh, on my my father's side was a very very good card player. They used to play a, a, a some German card game. They used to play a um, Schopfkopf, which is like their version of spades or hearts, if you will. And he was very very good card player. He used to play everything. They played poker. They played very good card player. And he used to, and he introduced me to cards. And I loved um, playing cards. I loved card magic sleight of hand nothing with trick decks just what people could do with a deck of cards and their hands a normal deck in their hands and like you had mentioned this one the alakazam baby it feels like a deck of cards in your hand right and when i'm holding it I'm, it brings back memories of of playing cards and like i can hold the you know have the cards in my hand and you're, it just it feels like a deck of cards I would even take a stack of cards and put this in the box. Yeah, it feels like a, a, a like I'm I'm ready. I'm if I close my eyes, I'm taking this. I'm opening. I'm expecting to pull out a deck of cards. <laughs> not not a three so, and a half by fifty. Now was that intentional? That was intentional. So so I didn't I actually I didn't mention this earlier, but or maybe I did. I just have a bad memory. But El Mago, I I came up with that name for the first two letters of my grandparents' name. So, M-A for Maria, G-O for Gonzalo. Wow, wow. In English, English, Mago translates to either wizard or magician. How did we not ask you that? Wow. How did we not ask you that? (laughs) Wow. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. So, I I did that, and and I thought of the – I thought – I kind of did a double whammy here because you have the magician side, which is the deck of cards shape. And then the wizard, on the front, and so, you know, I, I want, I want, I just, I, I like doing things that are that are unique. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attribute 
that, not only to my grandparents, but to the fact that I'm left-handed, and I have, and I maybe I got a little something going on. Up Let's here. go. I'm left-handed um, too. You know, creative, creative-wise. Nice. I will. I will say. I will say. I'm ambidextrous. Just, I guess. Just to just to touch uh, on this, I don't know if this was planned, but you're left-handed. The wizard on this box is holding the fire in his left hand. Just, just, just letting you know that right uh, here. Okay. I think I was on. I think I was on purpose. I think my man Nick is smart enough to do that. That's a good move. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dude, that's not. I yeah, see, but, but that's the know. thing is, there's always something, and we had talked about this with our brand. We we're talking about next, the next cigar, and the cigar after that, and there's always like everything ties together. Nothing's just haphazard. Nothing's random. It's yeah. tie. It's everything's there for a reason. The colors, the name, the logo on the back, the size of this being a deck of cards, the wizard, like everything ties together. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Thank you. And you know, you know, we have um I actually just got the Maduros in yesterday. Um, which I personally it's it it's my it's my style. I really love Maduros. And we have we have that coming in and that is gonna be called the the Miami Maduro. And it's gonna be that same tube that you have in your hand, just with the colors inversed. And then we have the tubes coming in for the Connecticut's, which are going to be the bright yellow tubes, hmm. same exact uh, style and design. So, you know, I love, I, t- I take a lot of uh, pride in the design as well. Not just because of, you know, my grandparents in the hotel, but it was the way my grandparents were. And they loved kind of, uh, eccentric things things that were unique things that were different and so there's always that in the back of my mind that i'm just trying to do something different when i come out with something and you know so far um i feel like everything i've come out with has been unique um and you know i don't want i don't want it to be like too over the top where it's just where it's too much but i want something unique something new and uh and and that's that's always one of my goals when I come out with something. All right, uh, so I ha- so I have to ask you this, okay? So being that your grandfather is he was born in Cuba, right? And your grandmother was born in Czechoslovakia. So being that your grandfather was born in Cuba and he introduced you to cigars, I have to ask this question because I'm a lover of the Lancero. And the Lancero was the original Cuban size. It's very difficult to roll, but it if it's done correctly, it is very unique. Do you have any plans to come out with a Lancero size? Look at that smirk. <laughs> already, it's it's already in the works between yes. you and me. Yes, because <laughs> Lancer- Lanceros are are very unique, and you're all about being unique. Your grandfather's from Cuba. It's a Cuban traditional size. Like it's everything's there. Yeah, and and you know. The, the Lancero is not a very popular size in Miami. Um, I'm actually very surprised by that. I'm very surprised. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it, it really isn't. It, it's not a size that, that a lot of people go to in Miami. I know from what I've heard, uh, it's very popular in, in Texas, in the state of Texas. Um, but, you know, regardless of, of that fact, um, I enjoy smoking Lanceros. And the history behind it is, is, is just... It's undeniable, and I have, and you know, I I have the, I have an idea 
for what I want to do, and I'm already putting it into the works, and I think it's going to come out pretty nicely. So I'm looking forward to that. I, awesome. You got to send us some. I, was, I can't wait to try it. No, I absolutely will. And I was, and it's funny you mentioned it because I was just talking to um, my, my 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 mentor Miguel about it right before I came here, and uh, we were we were doing some brainstorming because he he's got he's got he's got really good really good vision, and and again I wanna I wanna I always try to give him a shout out, and and you know when I'm when I'm talking about my cigar company because he's helped me so much, and 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 you know he really is my mentor, so. Um, you know, I always want to, I always want to give him, give him credits and, 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 you know, promo because he's, he's like, uh, I call him my little, my little, my younger brother, even though he's a lot older than me, but I call him my younger mm-hmm. brother. Cause we have, a, we have a connection like that. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. It's beautiful. So, time. so, I mean, we're coming up on, we're coming up towards the end here. We have an hour and 12 minutes. Um, and I know you said, you know, you love to give shout outs to your mentor, uh, Miguel, um, because he's helped you so much. However, this is the time when you get to give shout outs to yourself. Okay. This is the time where we like to roll out the red carpet for you, Nick, and plug away. Tell us where, you know, where everybody, or tell the listeners, tell the viewers where they can find you. What's the next big thing coming from El Mago Cigars? Just plug away. The floor is yours. Okay. So, everyone who's listening, I really, I highly encourage you to go to my website. Almagocigars.com. Um, and you know, the main reason being is that I love for anyone who's interested or anyone who's going to smoke my cigar, I love for them to know the backstory behind it. What we've talked about this whole podcast. And that is nice and summer up summarized on my website. And uh, you know, I would really highly encourage you to check that out. It's the our story section of my website. And then uh also please, if you would like to, if you have Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I like to post all my updates on there. I like to keep it organic. And I know this is something that you guys look into as well because you guys are big in the, you know, the tech space because podcasts is, and, and your Instagram is very, it's all, you know, technological. Um, but I like to keep my content original almost to make it look like I'm not, which I'm not, hiring someone to manage my Instagram. It's me. So, if you know it's almost in a way like it's organic and it's and it's me and it's not you know uber professional or maybe even not even professional but i like to keep it very very me and you know the thing is it's funny i didn't even have an instagram before this i created an instagram for my for my for my cigar company and so i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of starting from ground zero there but um i like to you know i like to keep everything up everyone updated on there and i and i love that i always receive uh like random dms from people who who just happen to see my cigar at a store and smoke it so i've gotten a lot of uh joy and a lot of good feedback from instagram and as far as what's coming soon as i mentioned within the next two to three weeks we're going to be rolling out our boxes of 10 of the miami maduro and the triunfante which is a maduro and a connecticut and they're going to be in the same format as our habano box of 10 and the tubes, all that, and then um, we're gonna have that that Lancero in the works, which is which is which is in the pipeline, coming I, soon. I love it. I love. Let's it. Let's go. And it's great. It's fine. It's, it, you said that you wouldn't even have because we talk about this all the time. Is if it wasn't for our podcast, we wouldn't even be. We might 
be on like Instagram or Facebook, but we would n- not nearly be posting as much or really pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Right. So that's that's it's nice that you keep it organic, you keep it personal. But um, but Nick, thank you very very much Appreciate uh, for joining on, us here on the Burnout Podcast. We had a blast. It was very nice getting to know you. I can't wait to try your new stuff. We cannot wait to come down. Uh, to Miami to hang with you. We'll have a cigar. We'll have an El Mago. We'll have maybe one of the, by that time, the Lancero will come out. Uh, mm. But we appreciate all of your time. Thank you very much for joining us. And You're the Eric, man, bro. Absolutely. Keep it up. Keep it up. Remember, remember, you rookie of the year. Remember that. Rookie, rookie of the, of the year. year. That's rookie it, man. Rookie of the year right over here. That's, That's it, it, baby. Hey, thank you guys so much. You know, the from the time that we that we began talking, like, you guys are great people, and, and I appreciate, you know, you guys having me on the pod. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and and we'll we'll rendezvous. We'll meet up. We'll meet up later on. Easily, yes, absolutely. Yes. So, Eric, uh, I'm going to pull this microphone away to show the people the sign off while you say it here. Absolutely. So, Nick, again, thank you for coming on the podcast, my man, and sharing your story. Great stuff. Keep up the good work. And with that being said, we'll say cheers, chin chin, and salute, my friend. Thank you. Cheers.